Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to another episode of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. This is going to be a new feature on the show. Uh, we're going to be doing a Wednesday midweek review for the Golden Knights, and we're going to hit on one uh, NHL-wide topic every week. We have some uh, exciting news to announce to everybody. Uh, well, first, let me bring in our, my co-host, Chris. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you. My understanding is you're from the frozen tundra. Yeah, well, hey, uh, a little unseasonable weather uh 31 today with a little 20 mile an hour wind as i'm as i'm heading into work and i'm an electrician so the side of the building that we're building the electric room on isn't on yet and it's right in the crook of the tower and the podium which is the low-rise uh, casino area and uh yeah it was cold today sir <laughs> sounds like it. so yeah so let's uh why don't you roll out the uh the big news well, yeah, uh, Isha and and Dylan reached out to us. I did a podcast with him that I tweeted out on the at Vegas Hockey Pod Twitter handle. Um, and what they've done is they've started a, a company that takes hockey podcasts from every team and puts them all in one place. And it sounds like a no-brainer, right? Well, they had a guy who had been doing TSN radio and was going to be doing the Golden Knights show and – uh, he he went back to TSN radio for whatever reason, and they were looking for a Vegas Golden Knight podcast. And, you know, for whatever reason, we were able to fool them enough to uh, allow us to join their network. So I guess you could say we're now the official Vegas Golden Knights podcast of the Hockey Podcast Network. And let me uh, let me say thank you, uh, Isha and Dylan. We're, we're excited to be a part of it. And the, the the new Wednesday show is a, a result of trying to get more content out for you guys. Um, thank you for having us as a part of it. Make sure everybody goes to at hockey pod net, which is kind of cool because we're at Vegas hockey pod. So if you're listening to this show, then, then you obviously like to listen to hockey talk. So go check out that site at hockey pod net on Twitter or hockeypodcast.net on the web uh, for all of their, their, podcasts all their hockey podcasts and links to shows from every team in the national hockey league it's really cool yeah no it, it sounds like a great thing and uh we'll hope more people uh find our show and uh uh the listenership is also a good start this year so we'll we'll open this uh you know we take uh take that innocent climb as they say so uh you yeah. ready to jump into the the vegas the vegas lane well, sure. Uh, real quick, uh, if anyone's yep. listening through HockeyPodcast.net um, and, and is listening to the show for the first time, first of all, welcome. I uh, appreciate you guys listening. And second of all, my name is Mark Warner. I'm in Las Vegas. And uh, 
freezing today, but uh, here I am nonetheless. And Chris is uh, Chris Lisa. He's out on Long Island. Tell them a little bit about where they can find your Islander stuff too, Chris, before we get started. Yeah, you can find my uh, articles, uh, and I have to get back to writing them because things have been crazy. But I write for the fan-sided site, Eyes on Isles. So it's eyesonisles.com. The Twitter handle is Eyes on Isles. And uh, I will be trying to come up with a new article very soon, although, you know, they've won so many games in a row. I almost feel like superstitious of them to lose the game before writing an article. But Yeah, don't anyways, throw the dinks uh, out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um yeah, so you can find my stuff there and on and I am on Twitter at the N L King. Uh you can find me there. So uh yeah with that sweet, sweet. uh yeah. So Vegas after a rough game as we talked about on our Saturday show and for those who think for the first time you can check out our Saturday show. We had Rob Sawyer on from the Hockey Writers breaking down the Edmonton Oilers and a little bit of the Pacific. But we talked about the uh, the disaster against Colorado. I would say, you know, that 4-1 game was more like an 8-1 game, how they dominated and just really outshot. Uh, I, I, uh, the, the numbers were ridiculous. It was, uh, it was somewhere in the 40s, and I know the Ducks uh, were in the teens and shots on goals. So, uh Good bounce back for the Ducks. Uh, Nicholas Roy got his first career goal, and um, but you know we got it's consistency with this team. So we've they've played some really yeah. good games this year, and they've played a lot of bad games this year. So about and and also there was some good news yesterday on on the injury front. So I'll let, maybe I'll let you break that down with Mr. Tuck, Mr. Schmidt, and Mr. Subban, and and Mr. England who will return to practice today. And um, so, yeah, yeah, we've all been waiting. We've all been waiting for uh, Schmitty and Tuck. And I'll be honest, I was really worried that the Schmidt knee injury, (coughs) excuse me, might turn into more of a a Eric Halla type injury or a Paul Stastny injury that would keep them out, uh, keep him out well into the year. He was officially removed from IR yesterday. And, practiced and if he's a coach Galan said today that if him and Tuck Tuck also returned to practice today and coach Galan said after the practice that they got to see how the practice you know how they respond to the practice um I did not expect them to be in the lineup Thursday but it sounded to me like Galant um said if they get cleared then then they're in and the lines at practice today <clears throat> excuse me first two lines unchanged the third line, uh, the Cody Eakin line, Tuck was on, on the right side, and that moves Cody Glass over to the left side, which he's never played. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Obviously, everyone knows Cody Glass is a natural center. He's been playing right wing to Cody Eakin. Um, once, once Eakin came back, they were able to put Stastny back up on the second line, and Eakin took his third-line spot. So now Cody Glass is going to slide over and play the left side with Alex Tuck returning to his natural right-wing position there. And uh, Schmitty back at practice. England also a full participant. There, he played eight seconds of time in the Ducks game on Sunday of the third period and was not seen again. Uh, Coach Gallant said he was just a minor dinged up, but there was some speculation that he might miss some time. He was a full participant at practice today, although people might not recognize him because he was clean shaven 
at practice yeah. today. That was the big buzz on Twitter that uh, they might have slipped in a, a, a doppelganger for Derek England without his beard. Um, but no, nonetheless, he's back at practice. Subban's back at practice. It may be the first time this year the Golden Knights have a full complement of, of healthy players on the ice uh, tomorrow night against the Canadiens, and none too soon, I might say, sir. And what about what about Subban? Uh, any any word of uh, if he's going to get into Nets anytime soon? Because we keep harping on Flurry's uh, workload. I don't know. I I gotta believe that with Pacioretty facing his former team, that and and the the three days off they've had now, uh, that Flurry will be going against the Canadians. It's going to be. I mean, the same way Pierre Edouard Belmar. And uh, kudos to the Avalanche for stepping up and putting a whooping on the Golden Knights uh, in in Belly's return to T-Mobile. And, of course, he scores in the first minute, right? Um, but I, I imagine the team is going to be just as fired up to get a win for Pacioretty against his former team. And then they don't play it till Saturday against Winnipeg. So... And then there's another two days off. I'm going through the schedule right now. There's another two days off before they hit the road and play Columbus... Uh, Monday. So as long as as long as there's enough time, you know, two days right. or whatever between starts, um, I I'm gonna say that they're gonna keep riding flurry. I, I yeah, I don't. So those five, you know, I, days off and there, you know, they they still the playing all those games still counts even though there's days off and things like that. So oh uh, yeah, no question. You know, it's still it's still set up. We want. You want you want to have that goalie fresh as the days well fresh as possible as the days being. I think the new analytic community within the last year or so have come out and saying you do not want your number one goalie playing more than 55 games in the regular season. Uh, it's kind of like the the new uh, the the new gurus the analytic gurus. That's that's kind of one of their mantras. Whether or not they're right, I don't know. Uh, but uh, you know, just food, food for thought. It can't hurt. Right, right. It can't well, they don't hurt. have a back to back until Saturday, November ninth. They're in Washington, and then uh, Sunday, November tenth, they're in Detroit. I mean, so if you want to target an obvious game for Subban to come back, I, I would say uh, a week from this coming Sunday, November tenth, against Detroit. Um, every every other day, there's or every other game, there's at least one day off between them. There's two days off before they get to um, Columbus on Tuesday. They play Saturday against the Jets, and then there's two days off. So, I mean, if you want to, uh, if you want to put Subban in at home against the Jets, I, I, I'm okay with that, I guess. Uh, get him back on the ice before they go on the road trip and then he won't be as rusty to play that second game of that back-to-back against Detroit. I mean, that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah, you can, you might expect that. Other, other than that, um, that's, I mean, that's real good news for the Golden Knights. The Absolutely. full compliment of the roster. Gotta, just got to see a little bit. We got to see more consistent play, and and uh, you know, I think it was after the Colorado game when Mark Stone pulled uh, everyone out, including himself, in terms of work ethic. We, we don't, you don't want to hear that phrase uh, uttered again. That 
we have a one ever. Yeah, and then I mean that's what that's the hallmark of this Golden Knights team is that they show up to work and they they put in their work. Um, Hard work is what got that team to the Stanley Cup. Hard work got them, uh, you know, into the seventh game against San Jose last season. And you know, for the most part, we've seen it. Um, They were slipping. They had a stinker against Philly. They I'm going to say they kind of got lucky to win the Chicago game. Um, And then the Colorado game was awful. So, you know, they say this team has 23 captains and I have no problem with the new guy, so to speak, coming in and saying what I believe needed to be said. And they responded well against Anaheim. And I think it's going to continue. They have plenty of motivation against Montreal to uh, keep, keep that alive. Okay, before we jump in uh, to our topic for tonight, our big topic for tonight, real quick, tough news for the Blues uh, these last couple of days. Looks like they lost Tarasenko at least for the next five months and with a shoulder, ma- major shoulder injury, uh, probably good chance for the year. Uh, look, this is not the hockey back in the 1980s where you can uh, make trades. There are very few impactful trades made up until the deadline. Uh, you can go back and look. Uh, usually maybe one or two if you're lucky. Uh, but trading for a top six forward, uh, you know, good luck to you. Uh, or even a top six goal, uh, uh, a top four defenseman uh, before the trade deadline. But, you know, opens the door for an opportunity like a, like a Rob Thomas or some of these other guys. Again, no one's expecting them to be Tarasenko. Uh, it, it's going to have to come from within the group, and what it probably—I still believe in the Blues in terms of the regular season for them. I think what it means is I don't expect them to win the division, but probably fall into that two or three slot. Uh, but look, it's a major, major loss, and I know it's Tarasenko. Speaking about consistency, is not at times <laughs> not the most consistent player, but at the end of the day, that's a huge loss for them. And, you know, maybe down the line come February and they're in position and they need to add a little scoring, you know, and we'll get into that in our next segment uh, here in a second. Uh, You know, maybe there'll be someone there that makes sense for them. Uh, But, yeah, tough tough news for the Blues this week. Yeah, then and for me, too, I had to drop him off my fantasy team and pick up Anthony Manta, Manta, I believe. um, Yep. from, From Detroit. I had to pick him up in in place is the pretty much the best uh winger available left in the league I'm in so that uh Tarasenko uh had to drop him you know it's it's like you said he, he's a streaky player when he's hot he scores goals in bunches not really a 200 foot player I guess I, I mean I'm not the guy's a heck of a player um there, like you said, there's opportunity for, for a, a player like Thomas to step up, and, and obviously they're going to make a roster change if they haven't already. I'm sure they have. Um, so, I mean, with with the St. Louis Blues, I think they're going to get the the next man up mentality. And, yeah, you're going to miss 30 to 40 goals, right? Um, I think they're still going to be okay in, in in the long run. It's a tough hit, and, you know, come the trade deadline, you might be able to pick up. A, a, a depth style winger who can, you know, they're a, they're a 200 foot team. So, 
I mean, it's nice to have a player like Tarasenko, obviously, but I, I think their style, they can absorb that hit better than um, some other teams that would rely more on uh, that kind of offense, if you know what I'm saying. I think St. Louis will be, will be good to go. So why don't we take a sneak peek uh, at the trade deadline? And really, you're looking at two things here when it comes to the trade deadline um, in terms of who's going to be available. You're going to look at a team who's not really in the race, and they're and they're selling. And you're looking at players who, uh, for the most part, are going to be unrestricted free agents, and they're going to be looking to move on from them. So, you know, for me right now, in, in perusing the league, you know, teams that I have earmarked as, you know, uh, will be sellers or good chance of being sellers. You got the Devils, you got the Rangers. Uh, uh, you got Ottawa, you have Detroit, you have Minnesota, and you have L.A. And, you know, looking, again, you know, Detroit's got a couple of veteran defensemen in Mike Green and Trevor Daly. Minnesota's got uh, Miko Koivu at age 36, captain material. Not the player they once was, but could help a, a cup contender, maybe like a guy like that going to St. Louis, although within the division. L.A. has kind of got, you know, a, 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 some hodgepodge players that, that could help people from Trevor Lewis to Kyle Clifford, uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli, if, if he can ever get consistent back to where he once was. Ottawa's got a whole gang of guys led by Jing, uh, JP, uh, J, uh, JG Peugeot, uh, but they have some veterans, Ron Hainsey, so uh, Nemstikoff, uh, Boddicker. But the two guys I would really, the two teams that we keep an eye on, and look, they're going to hope that they're in the race, but they're really playing for – I think for the future, um, and that's the Devils and the Rangers. And the Rangers have kind of been helped to skelter so far. They, at times they've looked good, like last night, being the Tampa Bay Lightning. At times they've looked really bad, and and uh, you, you realize this, this team is going, uh, trying not anyone to notice, to go into a rebuild. So, you know, Chris Kreider's a guy who's a U, pending UFA who's going to get paid, uh, and they've invested a lot in forwards, both from uh, two top uh, top ten draft picks the last two drafts to giving making Panarin one of the highest paid players in the league uh, with their salary cap. I, I just don't I don't think that's I think they're going to do with him what they did with Kevin Hayes last year and that's you know I don't think it was you know to me if they wanted to keep Chris Kreider they would have signed him in the summer so and then the other guy to watch out for and by the way Chris Kreider would be a really nice fit on the St. Louis Blues that kind of player and then I agree if you, and then we have the Devils with Taylor Hall and don't, and don't go to sleep on Sammy Vatnin, also another UFA. So what the Devils do, they desperately want to keep Hall. He is, if you don't buy, let's say, the beginning of December, start reading that they're making progress on a deal, uh, you know, they, he has to be signed uh, by the new year or they got to move him for the best deal that he can get. So it's not exactly a huge list. There are other notable players who are pending UFAs, like uh, – like a Backstrom or like a Holpe from Washington. But Washington is in this thing. They think they can make another run at the Cup. Those guys aren't going any anywhere. And, you know, even if at the end of the day they wind up losing them, so be it. So I think, you know, I think this this year's uh, trade deadline, I got a funny feeling, is all going to be about Taylor Hall and some nice pieces in, be, in between there. Um, and But also what that means is for these other teams is, you know, the shorter the list, be it if even even if it's uh, you know a nice player like a Vatnin or uh, like a like a Koivu, uh, if you will, 
you can get more from them because there's less available on the market and more teams in the mix. So I think I think the good news for teams like the Rangers and the Devils, if they do go that route, is I think they can do very well, even though it's a rental for a Taylor Hall and, and a Chris Kreider. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Let me throw a team at you that, that might be a little – on the bubble at the at the deadline if they don't pick it up. What pieces do you think Dallas would be willing to move out? Would they move on from Ben? Yeah, that's a tough contract. That's a tough one. You know that, you know, here's the thing. When people the teams that are in the race who are going for it, they almost never want to trade anyone who's helping them on their current roster. So you're talking about, you know, uh, first-round picks or multiple draft picks, including mm-hmm. a first-rounder, and, and blue-chip prospects, or as blue of a blue chip that you can get. So when you're talking about a, a trade that would involve a Jamie Benn, also from a salary cap standpoint, making all that work, but assuming that does, they want a hockey trade. They they want, you know, they're going to want multiple players back. They're going to want um, – so that's more of an off-season, I would think. I mean, never say okay. never. Obviously, it was those rumors, if you remember, last off-season, that could he be on the trade market and never really well, right, yeah. Uh After that, I mean, um, they, you know, they have to get it going because they're in a tough division. So uh, I think they've played a little bit better, and they've won a couple more games recently. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, there's always, there's always a team that can kind of come out of nowhere um, and Ben signed to a long-term deal, I think, at $9 million per. Uh, but there would be plenty of teams interested in him. Like I think one in Long Island. I would love to get a guy like that. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't – I would say those trades, they want to make a ho- they want to make a hockey trade to help their team, yeah, even if they're not going to make the playoffs this year, help their team starting next season. So, usually well, – you're the talking about moving line, on from your captain. Um at you know 30 years old and that, that's why I bring up Dallas cuz of the, the you know they've picked it up a little bit in in the last right. week but there were the rumblings and and you remember last year the the COO or whatever came out and uh you know laid it laid the wood to him in the, in the in the media and then in the off season there was little rumblings that that Ben would be available for the right package. So if they get down to that deadline, you're thinking no way till probably around the draft or, or postseason, even if they're not in the race. Uh, I, I'll never say never, but like like I said, let's take the Islanders as a perfect example. A really good team that desperately could need more scoring. Um, that's their thing. You know, when they score enough, they win. Um, to a guy like that, which is so hard to get, um, you know, obviously since John Tavares left, they've, you know, they, they haven't added, uh, you know, an impact score via a trade or a free agency like that, anywhere near like that. It's all come from within. Um, you know, so what is Dallas going to want? Well, they're going to want, you know, players from within their roster. They're going to probably a, a young defenseman. You know, they're going to probably want talented young players who are playing in the league now and producing now. A low cap numbers and 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 oh by the way you can throw in a, a really nice draft pick and a really nice prospect to that package so you know I mean if push teams to shove would they the Islanders who are deep on defense trade one of their defensemen although that's a strength for Dallas but a, a defenseman and 
like an Anthony Beauview and then like a first round pick or one of their top prospects. I mean, again, I mean, that's a team where, you know, Lou Lamoureux is always an, an aggressive person and uh, uh, always looking to make the team better. And those windows don't always come open, but making those kind of trades period are di- very difficult. I think the ENC support makes it even of a, a greater obstacle, but um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Certain teams, I think, would roll up their sleeves. Uh, 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 you know, it's, it's 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 definitely something to consider. I mean, uh, uh, but having said that, do I expect Dallas to start as long as they can stay healthy, start to play better, and start to get, you know, uh, get to at least a point? Hey, let's not forget the St. Louis Blues were one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. Not that they were leaps and bounds away, but they had a lot of work to do. They were one of uh, uh, they were like second to last in the West, and maybe they at one point in December they were in last place in the Western Conference, and look where they wound up. So, uh, but that's that's a good name. I, I I like that one. That is a good name to keep an eye on uh, down the road for future. And then the other guy I wanted to ask you about, and you you put the the hodgepodge tag on on the Kings, um, and you we've heard rumblings about Jonathan Quick going back to last year's trade deadline. Um, what kind of market do you think is out there for Quick? And would would uh, I think obviously if the price was right, I think the Kings would be ready to move on from Jonathan Quick. Um, he hasn't come out this season and lit the world on fire. To be kind, do you think there's a market for for him with the contract that he carries? I think it's seven million dollars, and there's I want to say number, it's it's. The one for, his number isn't bad. His number serves correct. It's around because he signed a long-term deal a few years ago. Right. I think his number is around five eight annually, which is not a bad number. It's more of the years left on his deal. Okay. Which I don't have in front of me. I want to say it's like three or four years. Question is, here's a, it's two prong. One is, I mean, obviously last year was not <laughs> nowhere near his best year. Uh, <laughs> a little early on that uh, one. Yeah, um, so in terms of quick, you know, you want him playing at a level where you say to yourself, hey, we added this guy to our team, this is our missing piece in terms of making a run at the cup. And then, you know, what what team out there is looking for a goaltender, you know, uh, where that's that's a sore spot. I think, you know, one, one off the top of my head um, could be Calgary jumps – jumps to my mind off the top of my head. Hmm. Um, but those, you know, goal, trading goalies is tough from the standpoint of, you know, not that if Quick's playing the best of his game. Like, again, I'll use the honors as an example. If he's at the top of his game, is he better than Thomas Rice and Vlamov? Yeah, yeah, he is. But the honors are doing really well with those two guys, and then how would that work? With the, You know what I mean? With the, I mean, does that really – that's not their main – thrust of what they need right now. So you kind of need that team that really is lacking in goal, if you will, but is still a really top team. That's a, that's a tricky one to find at home. And I don't think he's, he's not playing like the Jonathan Quick, who's won those Stanley Cups to boot. So a lot of people are thinking like, Hey, has he seen his better days? So, yeah. uh, but if, and he's had a share of injuries. And he's had, yeah, and he's been a little bit injury prone along the way. So that's again, if the right if the right situation opened up, uh, you need a you need a few dominoes to fall uh, correctly 
for that to happen. I, I, I would be I would put a Jamie Benn situation as much more likely than a Jonathan Quick situation. Okay. Well that's a little quick quick look at some of the players that might be moving along at, at this year's trade deadline or before. Um it's Wednesday night, which is uh what do they call it? Rivalry night on NBC and since the or in NBC S N, whatever. And since this is the Vegas hockey podcast, um the end of, at the end of every show on Wednesdays um, we're going to look at the featured game and uh, I'm going to give you prices and picks for entertainment purposes only unless sports betting is legal where you are like it is where I am. So tonight's game is the wild versus blues. You got wild plus 155 and for every, you know, people that aren't really uh, familiar with the gambling lingo plus 155 just means uh, that they would be the underdog. And if you bet $100, you would win 155 plus your hundred back. So the Wilds plus 155 and the Blues are minus 185. Now the minus 185 means that if you bet 100, you need to bet 185 in order to win 100. So the Blues obviously favored at home minus 185. And if you want to play puck line, you could take take the Wild plus a goal and a half. They are minus 170 favorites to be within a goal and a half. And the Blues, if you want to change the price around a little bit, uh, St. Louis Blues minus a puck, a goal and a half. Uh, that changes your price to plus 140. So if you bet uh, 100 bucks, you would get 140 back on the Blues minus a goal and a half. Total on the game is five and a half uh, overs. The dog plus 105. Blues uh, or the under on the is my is the favorite minus one twenty five. So my pick of the week on the uh, rivalry night, I am going to lay that goal and a half with the Blues and pick up that plus one forty price. So that's that's my Wednesday night pick. Chris, we're just about out of time. We got forty seconds left. Tell them about Saturday quick. Yep. So Saturday we got our, our regular slot uh, eleven a.m. Vegas time. Big show first time guest thanks to big assist from russ cohen mike agello will be joining us you know from the hockey buzz and uh various places to break down the sabers for us and a little little maple leafs but mostly sabers all right that'll do it for this week's midweek report thanks everybody thanks to the hockey podcast network for having us on for chris on long island i'm mark in vegas and we're gone Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.